Good morning to everybody. Happy Mother's Day. I'm very honored to be here and to be sharing with you a little bit of all the things that the Lord has done with us, specifically in this part of our life as a mom. Um, I'm looking at the video and I still cry. It's been five years, but the feeling that I have is always intense. Yeah? So I want to share with you a little bit of this testimony which is a miracle and is something that humanly it would have been impossible for us to have our baby back. Um, I want to um, share with you a little bit of something that I have here for you. And in the book of Exodus chapter 2, we see um, the, the birth of Moses. And it was a very... Um, intense birth he was born in the middle of threats of death and the king gave an order in chapter one he said every boy that is born you throw him in the river right and all the girls you can keep them and I can imagine like a mom listening to that order of a king you if you have a boy you have to throw him in the river and this woman of God the Bible says in chapter 2 verse 1 and 2 they were people that feared the Lord, people that knew the Lord, people that knew the word of God. So she did throw him in the river. But before she threw him in the river, she went back to the scriptures and to the story of God. And her grandfather Noah, who had built an ark, and she put the same materials that Noah built the ark in the basket. And she put the baby in that basket, and then she let him go. Yeah, she put him in the river. <laughs> she obeyed what the, what the uh, king had said, Pharaoh. And she made that baby survive. God brought life to that baby. Amen? And as a mother, all of us are here. We have kids and we are living in difficult times. This is a very difficult time to be a mom. And we're going to go through struggle. We're going to go through difficult situations. But we have God and we have his word. And we have the story of the Bible, of all the victories that the Lord has given, all the promises he has brought to path, to pass. And he will give us victory. Amen. I wrote three things for you today. If you just remember these three things, I'm going to be very, very happy. Number one, difficulties do not erase God's promises for me. Amen? Difficulties will not erase God's promises. I grew up, um, when I was 11 years old, I came to the Lord. I got baptized with the Holy Spirit. I was speaking in tongues. And my family is a... I was coming from a very traditional, strong, traditional Hispanic family. You have to understand my aunt is a saint in Rome. That traditional. <laughs> so I just come to the Lord. Nobody in my family was a Christian. I speak in tongues, receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and receive the power of God. And my mother becomes my first enemy, if we want to call it, or she started to persecute me. And she started to oppose that I would go to church. She would punish me. She would hit me. She, she would do so many things. 
against me so I would not be a believer. I would not be a Christian. And I'm telling all you this because since that time, God was preparing me for this moment. And all of us go through difficulties, maybe when you were a kid, maybe 10 years ago, 20 years ago. But God is preparing you for that day. God is preparing your spiritual muscles. Like when you go to the gym, there's one competition that people go and they're just going to pick up 500 pounds. That's all they have to do. But they work years and years and years just for that day. And that day will come when we will be tested. Our faith will be tested. Our faithfulness and love for God will be tested. What we preach, what we say to others will be tested. And our life has to live what we say. So all this preparation with my mother was preparing me. All this was preparing me, making me strong in the Lord for that day that was coming. That I had no idea was going to come. And then I went through so many difficulties. I was um, diagnosed with a disease and I only had six months to live and when I was 14 years old. And the Lord healed me. The Lord healed me. So he was preparing me to the sentence of death. He's saying, no, I am above. I am above that. And then five years ago, I, I was pregnant. And I, had, uh, I just got the news that I was pregnant. We were happy. And I had a miscarriage. And that really, really, really hurt me. It, it, I cannot explain um, with words the, the feeling, the loss, the sadness, the grieving that came to my life. And I did not understand. We always ask the Lord, why? Why, Lord? But we have to ask another question. We have to say, for what? What is this for? Not why, but what is this for, Lord? We have to say what? Yes? I didn't understand. And now I understand he was preparing me for this moment, for this season in my life. And then again, I am pregnant. And then I had a very difficult, difficult pregnancy with this baby. Um, I had um, threats of miscarriage at the beginning. Then I was in the hospital 20 21 weeks, I was almost given to birth. I was dilating two. I was almost in labor. I was in labor and they stopped it. Then I went again into labor 24 weeks. It stopped again. I fell down like twice. Then I had high blood pressure. Then I had low blood pressure. It was crazy. Every, I think everything that a pregnant woman gets bad, I got it. <laughs> it was crazy. But the Lord was preparing me. And the Lord is preparing you. And your hardship, those difficult things that you're going through, that thing that you do not understand, I just want to tell you, you can trust him. Because his promises will not be erased. We have to remind him, Lord, your word says, you promised, Father. You told me, Lord. Your, the Bible declares. And look, it was so precious because I, I could grasp and stand on the word of God. So finally, 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 I go to the doctor. 
to get a checkup at the end, you get every week, you go to the doctor. I was 35 weeks, 34, 35 weeks pregnant. And the doctor says, oh, no, you, you're going to go to the hospital right now. I'm like, oh, what? I'm not ready. It's not time. He's like, yes, we need to get the baby out now. And my husband was here in Dallas. He was coming. This was a Thursday. He was coming on a Monday to be with me for the last six weeks of the pregnancy. But he couldn't make it. It was an emergency C-section. They took the baby out of me. I barely got to see him. When they take him out, they put him on a little crib. And then the doctor that was on my side, this other doctor, he just drugged me out. He put a mask, and I was out. And then uh, the next day, I woke up in my room, no baby. And I started to get a little bit nervous. I heard they were bringing all the little cribs to the moms. Mine never came. I started to call the nursery. What is happening? And finally, around noontime, they brought the baby. And when I saw the baby, the first impression that I had is he does not look like the baby that I saw last night. So I told the nurse, I told the doctors, I told every single person in that room for the next four days, something is wrong. And everybody was like, you are crazy. Like, what is wrong with you? They even told me, you were out. Like, you didn't even, you, you didn't even see your baby. You were out. Like, the doctor put too much drug in you and you were out. So I just believed them. And I said, okay, this is my baby. And I took him home, and I didn't say a word to anybody. I was just quiet from there on. I said, I'm going to raise this baby because this is my baby. And the time started to come by. This is in my country, in El Salvador. And we were planning to come with my, my family to CFNI in 2015 for fall. We were going to come, so we came. And the trip was there. We were almost here. And I remember thinking to myself, what if this is not my child? Because I would nurse him and then suddenly that thought would come. What if this is not my baby? And that thought would torment me. It, would, it, it was terrible. And then I would just say, no, 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 I'm crazy, I'm crazy, no. But I said, I'm leaving the country. I'm going to be out for a year. When I come back. This baby is going to be one year old. And if it's not my baby, I'm not going to be able to not be with him. I'm going to be too attached. So I'm going to go and do a test. I went and I want to explain to you that the feeling that I had when I went was like a betraying my baby. Because this baby, this beautiful baby, he's mine. I'm nursing him. I'm taking care of him. I'm... I'm with him 24 hours, and then I'm taking him to a doctor to do a DNA test to see if he's mine or not mine. It was that feeling of betrayal that would keep me back from doing the test. But I did it, and, I, and they told me, your results will be here in a month. So I left. I came to Dallas, and while I was in Dallas, the results came. And the result was that I was 0.0% the mother of the baby. And that was one of the worst moments of my life. 
I fell on the floor. My knees couldn't keep me up. And I cried unto the Lord. And I said, Lord, give me a word. Give me a word. I need a word of God to get up from this floor. Because if you don't give me a word, I have nothing to hold on to. We need the word of God. We need the word of God. I didn't have time to go and listen to a preaching that moment. It wasn't the time to, to wait for Sunday, go to church, listen to the word, and then come back. I didn't have time. That's why we're here listening to the word of God now. Because when the test comes, we already have it inside of us. The word is already in our hearts, in our minds. And the word of God will sustain us and strengthen us. Jesus said, not only of bread will men live, but every word that comes from the word of God. This is the only thing that we can hold on. The only solid, constant thing in our life. Everything else moves in one day. <clears throat> Imagine all the moms here. You wake up in the morning. This is... Many people have asked me, how can you explain what, what was going on? I said, okay, you wake up in the morning, you go to your baby's nursery, you get him out of the crib, and then the same day, in the night, you go to the same nursery, the same crib, but you have another baby, and you put him to bed in that same crib. So emotionally, psychologically, it is unbearable, humanly, but we have the word of God. So I want you to write down number one, difficulties do not separate. Do not erase God's promises. The fire, the test is going to purify our hearts. It's going to purify us. It's going to be a test. And um, all of this is a preparation. Number two, difficulties do not escape God's notice. Your difficulties do not escape God's notice. God knew what I was going through. He knew what I was feeling. He knew how devastated we were. And he gave me a word. And he said, this is a Moses story. And our baby's name was Jacob. We named him Jacob. And the Lord said, this is a Moses story. So we got, I got out of the floor. I stood up. Went to read Exodus chapter 2. And there it says that Moses was hidden for three months. In his mother's house. And then he went in the river. And then you, everybody knows what happens with him. So we started to pray. I went back to my country. And I went to look for my pastors and my church. That's why I encourage every person here to come to church. To come to your pastors. To ask for prayer. God has given us a system. God has given us a place where he will sustain us, strengthen us, hold us. When we don't have any strength to stand up, we will be surrounded with people of God holding us. Carrying us even if it's necessary. And I went to my pastors and I, in my country, we flew the same day we found out. We went home and my pastor, um, they prayed for us. And my pastor, she said, the Lord gave me a word. 
And she said, the Lord gave me a vision. And I saw in a vision, your son, the Lord says he's alive. She said, I saw him with blue eyes. I saw him with a blue shirt. And she said, and he has like a little bump on his head on this side. She said it. And I remember that I, I grasped that word. Because God does, our difficulties do not escape God's notice. He knew what I was going through and he knew I needed that word. And in the midnights, I would wake up crying. I thought I was going to lose my mind. It was terrible. I cannot explain the feelings that I was going through. And I would remember. And I would sometimes, we were staying in my pastor's house and I would knock the door three in the morning. Pastor, please tell me what did the Lord show you. Because I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to pass away right now. And she would remind me constantly. The vision that the Lord gave her. We have to come to church. Tell the one next to you, you have to come to church. Because here we will be reminded of God's promises. We will be reminded. We will be strengthened in the Lord. And so, God knows what we're going through. Even in the hardest moments, he sees them and he's aware of our circumstances. Many times when we go through difficulties, the first thing that we, that we um, do is we separate from God. We say, why are you doing this to me? Lord, why? Why are you doing this? He's not your enemy. He's not against you. He is for you. He is with you. We are in his hands. We belong to him. We are his children. I would say, Lord, I am yours. You are my father. I'm your daughter, Lord. This is difficult. I have no idea what is happening, why it's happening, what's going to come out of all this. I don't know. But the only thing I know is that I am yours and I belong to you and I trust you. I put my trust in you that you are the potter, you are making something in my life. I don't know what it is, but I will trust you and I will serve you and I will do what you want me to do. And that's what the Lord wants from each one of us when we're going through difficulties. That we understand that he's not our enemy. He's not the one sending all this to punish us or to, to give us a bad moment. No, we can run to him and he's there to sustain us. And one day, we were watching the news, live news, and they were broadcasting in the different live channels, local channels. They were in a dumpster, and they had found the body of a baby. And they, um, they were saying that that was our baby, the news. They were saying, we found a baby, and we think... This is the Cushward baby that the whole country is looking for. Everybody's looking for this baby. And we think that we probably have found him. And when I saw that, my knees, like they were going to go to the floor. I don't know if you've gone through something so difficult that you can't even stand up. And my lawyer, he, I was with him and he, he hugged me and he said, we have to be ready. This can be our child. We have to be ready. 
And in that moment, something happened. Have, have any of you been hit with a ball in your stomach sometime? Yeah. <laughs> so I felt the Holy Spirit hit me in the stomach. <laughs> like, <gasps> it was, it was, I was without air. And in that moment, I heard the Lord and he said, that's not your son. He said, that is not your son because I will make a difference between those who serve me and those who do not serve me. And I kept trusting him, kept worshiping him, kept my faith because we have to keep our faith. All these things that we go through is so we will leave our faith. When we're, when we're feeling sick or we're, we have loss or we're grieving, the first reaction we have many times is not go to church, leave our Bible, not pray anymore. And we say, maybe somebody calls us from church, why didn't you come? Oh, I'll be there when every, all this passes, I will come. When everything is good, I will come. You will not come because that will not pass. <laughs> And the best place to pass the hurricane and the storm and to pass all the difficulties is in the house of the Lord. He prepared a house. He prepared a place for us. Like Noah and the ark. This is the ark of God for us. Yes. We have to be strong in our faith. And number three, I want, to write this, I want you to write this down. Difficulties do not separate us from God. They cannot separate us from him because we are his. We are his children. He's there to comfort. He is the comforter. If, you, if you're going through grief, loss, you can say, Holy Spirit, please comfort me. You are the comforter. And he will bring peace and joy to your heart. Amen. So um, I wrote this down. Uh, I'm going to read it. It's from... Um, Hudson Taylor, he said, it doesn't matter how great the pressure is, what really matters is where the pressure lies. Whether it comes between you and God or presses you closer to him. So this pressure that we're going through, how many are going through something really difficult this day? Yeah, maybe like a mom, you have your child right there next to you, but you know that you don't have him. You don't have her. Maybe we have moms that are praying for the salvation of their kids. And we can grieve. We can cry. We, our heart breaks because God has given us the mothers that love. And he has given us that anointing to pray and to call things that are not as if they are. And the Lord told me, pray for Moses. Because this is a Moses story. So we started to pray, Moses, wherever you are, in the name of Jesus, we cover you with the blood of Jesus. We declare the angel of the Lord is around you wherever you are. And you will come back in the name of Jesus. Come home. We started to declare the word of God. We started to declare the word of God. And we have to rise up. Mothers, fathers, church, we have to rise up in the spirit with the strength of the Lord, with the word of God and start calling things that are not as if they were. Do not curse your children anymore. Start blessing them. Declare that they are saved, that they will serve the Lord, that they are servants of 
the Lord, that they are healed. Your marriage is not broken. It is healed in the name of Jesus. We have to stand up and declare the promises of God in our lives. And one day when I was like losing it, that day I remember I, I had no more strength. No more strength. It was 3 in the morning. I was on my knees and I prayed a prayer. And I said, God, I cannot do this anymore. I feel that I'm going to die. But I just want to say one thing to you, Lord. With a son and without a son, I will serve you. With a son and without a son, I will love you. I will pursue you. With a son or without a son, I will worship you because I'm not here today. Because of the son that you will give me or not give me. Now I'm here because I, I'm a, a deaf to you because of what you did in the cross. Because what you already did, you gave your life for me. You died on that cross to give us salvation, Lord. And that's the only reason why I'm here. I'm not preaching. I'm not serving you. I'm not loving you because what you will give me, Lord. I am here because what you already did on that cross. I am here because I love you and I will serve you. It's going to be so difficult. Help me. But I want you to know that I'm not here because you gave me or will give me or will not give me a son. That's not why I am here in your presence. It's because you gave your son and we owe him. We owe him everything because what he did in that cross. We are in depth with God. Many times we've, we um, place our Christianity or our joy or our service to God. When the Lord gives me this car, when he gives me the house, when he gives me a husband, when he does this, I will serve you, Jesus. No, we will serve him. We will love him. We will follow him because he already gave it all. He gave everything in that cross. We are in debt with God. We are in depth with God. We do not serve him because he gave me a son. I love him and I serve him because he gave me his son. And I said, Lord, I cannot do it by myself. But this is the cry of my heart. I will preach your word. Give me fire. Give me power. Give me anointing. And give me strength to follow you. Because of what you did, not what you're going to do. We cannot condition our love and service to God. We cannot put our joy in what will happen or not happen. We have to have joy because he already gave us the victory. He gave us all things. All things. And he can help us. If we don't have strength and we're like all weak, help us. And he will help us and strengthen us. So I made that prayer. And it was effective. I didn't do it for that. <laughs> but I'm telling you now at the other side, and it worked. Because the next day, the next day, they called us. We were, it was like 5 o'clock, uh, the judge. We were in court because we were told that we were victims of human traffic. We were told that the doctor had stolen the baby and sold him in the market. And... He was in prison, and we were in 
in court, and he, he was supposed to be right there face to face. No baby, only the doctor, and all these accusations. I didn't accuse him. I don't have the power to take anybody to prison. The authority, the law accused him, and the authority and the law put him in prison. So that day, we were in court all day listening to horrible things. And when I was out of court, I was destroyed. I was devastated. And the judge said, come to my office. And I went to the office and she said, we found your baby. And I didn't understand anything what she said. <laughs> so I went in the car and I asked the lawyer, what did she say? What, what is she talking about? He's like, they found the baby. We're going to go pick him up. So we are crazy, celebrating, glorifying the Lord. The feeling, I want you to understand the feeling, the intensity of joy that our baby was found. So we get there to the um, attorney general's office. He says, come to my office. I get there and I am like crazy, you know, oh, where's my baby? He says, come pick him up. And I'm, get, I'm there and he's like, where's the baby? He asked me. I said, no, where is he? You tell me where he is. He's like, oh, no, 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 no. Listen, if you don't bring the baby you have in your house, I'm not going to give you your biological son. And in that moment, it was so difficult because we were told that we were able to keep our Jacob, which, by the way, means one who takes the place of his brother. That's the name of Jacob. And we... We, that was the saddest part, the saddest moment. We had to hand him in. They told us that they did DNA tests to the parents and the babies born that day. And that it was a, a, a switch. It was a mistake. That's what they said at the end. So we had to bring him. And that was so, so sad. And then we, I, want, I have a picture for you. I want you to look at it. This is our first picture with Moses. That's our first picture that we have with him. And I want you to look at his shirt. <laughs> the Lord brought his promise to past. And I remember the word that my pastor told me, the vision God gave her. He was alive. He had blue eyes and he was wearing a blue shirt. <laughs> this is the, what God does. This is the miracles when men says it is impossible. God changes everything, every circumstances. He is above any decree, any sentence. He's on top of it, and he can change it. They told me, you're a victim of human traffic. You will never find your child. But in heaven, God said, this is a Moses story. He will be hidden only three months, and I will give him back to you. He is alive, and you will serve me. God changes decrees. I don't know what decree you have received. Maybe decree of death, of poverty, of loss. You're going to lose your house, your job, your family, divorce. God is on top of all those decrees, and his word is on top of that. And you can start calling things that are 